Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jessica Dumas. You know who I am and you should be following me on Instagram at Jessica Dumas. So one and another thing that I always, always, always forget to ask is to take a screenshot and share it. That's one thing. But also what I would really like you to do is leave a review because apparently that's a cool thing to do. And I never ask anybody to do it. So if you're listening and you've come back or maybe it's your first one, you're going to love this episode. So leave a really good review. So I am inviting a guest. Her name is Robin Priest, and she is Chief Nonconformist. And you can also follow her on Instagram at the Robin Priest and find more information about what we're going to chat about at www.robinpriest.com. Robin is a straight shooting Aussie who's known to be a nonconformist. I love that already. She's the co-founder of Robin Priest Live Your Truth mental health and peer support education and strategy firm. Her postgraduate diploma involves majoring in social research methods, public policy, and healthcare. She has extensive experience working in business, government, and nonprofit organizations. Known as the peer support guru, Robin has been developing and training mental health and peer services for over 20 years and in 10 different countries. And so I'm going to share her bio in the show notes because there's lots more to share, but I want to talk to Robin. So welcome. Hey, Jessica, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome because I'm hanging out on the podcast with you. Yay. Yay. So we only met a couple of weeks ago at an event. Everyone was networking and you and I kind of connected a couple of times throughout the day. And one of the things that really stands out that like I kept thinking about was the fact that both of us were like, if it's fun, it's yes. Do you remember that conversation? (laughs) Totally. And I think that's the piece, right? Like, like we spend so much time doing all this stuff and I just want to have fun in what I do mm-hmm. and, and create fun in the world. So one of the bits of my bio, you kind of didn't say, which is my favorite bit is what I love doing is making shit fun. Mm, I love it. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at it right now and I, I don't see where it says that. So maybe, well, for signature strengths and uh, authentically connecting with people, making fun and simplifying the message. So it doesn't say making shit fun, but I like that. (laughs) I think think we sent that to some, oh, I'm doing something for Dell in a couple of weeks. And I think uh, it had to be edited. Oh, you better just adjust it. I think if you look on our website, take this shit out of there. That's awesome. Okay. So um, I talked a little bit about what you do and and said some words, nonconformist and healthcare and peer support guru. So what does that mean? What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've made a career out of being crazy. 
so basically I'm someone with my own uh, experience of having a mental health issue. I think the system caught me and labelled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people call it like a serious mental health issue. I have a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And one of the things is there's this huge movement worldwide and it's just gaining traction more and more and more of people with their own experience of dealing with their mental health stuff supporting other people it's kind of like how I used to describe it on the plane I used to fly a lot for work I used to say it's the equivalent of like a mothers and babies group for crazy people you know you talk to someone who's had that experience and they just get it a little differently and my business partner her perspective comes from that of a family member of someone living with experience so she works with families I work with individuals and I I get to run around the world talking about how regardless of whether you have a diagnosis you can live these amazing lives and we don't have to conform to what everyone else says it should look like we get to work it out for ourselves you should have been one of the speakers at the last event do you do public speaking always yes okay okay yeah Any everywhere and anywhere, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I've uh like I've had the coolest life, right? I got I got paid to to talk about what I'm super passionate about, that people can absolutely live their truth, live their dreams, go after their dreams, and they don't have to be what the rest of the world thinks it, you know, should be. I tell people I don't take medication, not because I don't agree with it. Like I'm not anti or pro medication or anti or pro any kind of treatment or support. What I am is pro informed choice that people get to explore and work it out what it is for them. Medication, the side effects were worse than me working out how to live with it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do some work and work this out and live a great life. And hey, I get paid to travel well. So I live. That's incredible. Good for you. How did you start talking about mental health being an issue for yourself and then get in front of people where you're actually telling them your story or telling them your experience about this mental health issue? It's really interesting. At one point, I was uh, the CEO of a community mental health center. I was involved in peer support. So I'd kind of been involved in mental health services for a while and I moved to New Zealand from Australia at one point and there was a job saying, if you have a mental health issue, apply for this job. And I was like, (laughs) I can use the excitable times. I don't call them linear. I call them excitable. I could use that for good. And when I wasn't feeling as great as other times, I would be surrounded by people that got it and weren't trying to you know make me do something else so I took a job in New Zealand I just loved it it was all people sharing their experiences and some Mm -hmm. of that meant I had to talk about it publicly and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've worked out but I hate talking not (laughs) uh, (laughs) I, I got to talk more and more and people just kept going you just share, you're really authentic, you don't hold stuff back. And so I just, and then I, I got to play between Australia and New Zealand. And I, I did a project for the Mental Health Commission in Canada and got to 
go right across Canada doing focus groups, talking about it. And then as any good Aussie kid did, I went off to Alaska and worked there for a while in <laughs> the US. And, and then uh, I just, people just kept asking me to talk because what people have said is you make it real and you just- wow. You validate it. Totally authentic. Just go, yeah, this sucks. This is how mm-hmm. it is for me. And, you know, I've, I've done some talks where- a couple of years ago, my brother um, died by suicide and I got on at the time of his funeral because I couldn't go. It was in Australia. And I just talked about that experience and how it was and mm. how that impacted. And and I think people want to be given permission, not that mm-hmm. they need Yes, right? I agree. I agree with you. But people want permission to they go, need to I want to talk about real life. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. So, wow, you just applied for this job. So when you applied for that job, had you already admitted or like, I guess, where were you in your, I don't know the right words. Just call it your story, your your journey. Where where were you in your journey? Yeah, Yeah, that's the question. Where were you in your journey when you applied for the job? Well, (laughs) it's kind of really funny because when I first got my diagnosis, I was working for government and I got this diagnosis and I was working with people with mental health issues and I was like, oh, shit, I'm one of them. And then I was like, what the hell is that? Why why am I thinking I'm any different just because someone else said "This this is this for you? And so I guess when I applied for that job, I was like, why can't we just talk about this? right? And, and it's that place of, I say to people sometimes, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. If we stand up and talk about it, we risk the stigma that comes with that. Because yes. people are still like, and particularly now, I don't know when this is going to air, but this is a couple of days after that horrific shooting in Texas at the school, at the, the kids' school. And everyone's like, that person has a mental health issue. So it rocks up this, don't talk about it if you've got it because people mm. think you'll be one of those right. people. And so you're damned if you talk about it, but you're damned if you don't because if yes. everyone stood up and said, hey, I've dealt with mental health stuff, it wouldn't be one in four or one in five. It would be a much higher percentage. And I so too. I just want the world to be able to go, yeah, I'm dealing with my mental health stuff. Oh, yeah, I broke my leg yesterday. Oh, I'm dealing with can't like so that we just have these open conversations and it doesn't become this I've got to hide it because like I look at workplaces and and people hide it because they're scared about what's going to happen and part of what I'm doing a lot at the moment is talking with workplaces and working with them on Let's actually create environments that'll that support, not allow, support people to talk about it and be supported and get that it's not this big taboo. So I just that's you know, I love the mental health awareness week and Bell Let's Talk, but why aren't we just talking about it every day? Yeah, it's something that people are challenged with every single day. 
I think another thing that people don't realize is that there's, there's a, a spectrum, right? Because for example, one of the coaches that I work with has recently been diagnosed with ADHD and she talks a lot about being neurodivergent and, and I've been working with her before her assessment. So as she was, as she started talking about those things, she's talking about why she went for the assessment and the emotions of, you know, am I going to do this? And what's this going to look like and blah, blah, blah. But the more she talks about it, the more I realize I don't feel like I have ADHD and I don't even know if I clearly understand what neurodivergent is. Either way, whether or not I have it, I still have some of the tendencies that she's talking about, but I wouldn't necessarily say that those are things, well, maybe they are things that prevent me from doing whatever, but, but it's a spectrum, right? Yeah. Like, like I think we all have a little, well, I don't know if all of us, but I, I know I'm affected. <laughs> <this> for sure. <laughs> I, I, I talk about mental health at this continuum that some days we're like the world is perfect life is great and some days the wheels are falling off and like everything feels like it's going to custard and I think it's everywhere in between so when I talk about it I say I want us to be able to encompass that whole continuum that it that it's not this oh if you're not doing good you can't talk about it. But the other thing for me is one of the things that happened when I got this diagnosis is all of a sudden, if I was just having a bad day, I'd had a rough day at work or something, you know, someone would go, oh, do you think it's about your mental health diagnosis? And I'm like, I had a bad day at work. I had a normal reaction to a shitty day. And so I think that's why I want to normalise it too to go that we can still have these regular emotions that are not necessarily attached to the days when things aren't going as great as they could for us, right? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And I like that you're having that conversation. What are you hearing that people need to talk about? So when, when you are a speaker in an organization or you're working with an organization and people hear your message, what are those people that haven't been heard before? What are they needing? I, I think one of the things for me is people are talking about depression and anxiety. And that's great that we're talking more about it. And that's cool and supporting people with those things. I think one of the things we're still not talking about is people with some of the other stuff, people who are in the workplaces and deal with schizophrenia or deal with the highs and lows of bipolar disorder or deal with hearing voices or seeing things. And I think it's that place that, and I'm hesitant to say this, but it's the sometimes we still think mental health light. And so we've made some things acceptable, but we're still unsure about these others. And I think what people really want to be able to get support with is being able to come and say hey maybe I need a mental health day today or maybe I just need to do a different shift negotiate things people to actually hear them and validate that it's okay and not judge them for what they're going through so I think that's a a biggie for me. And I always talk about 
because they train peer workers, right? So they're people with their own lived experience supporting other people. And often there's this thing about, oh, we have to give them extra support. And I'm like, if you have a healthy workplace and you have healthy conversations and you support wellness in workplaces, you will support people with mental health issues. But you just have to think a little broader about what does supporting someone mean, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so for me, it's, There's some days I'm not as productive as others. And then there's some days I remember an employer saying to me once, oh, my God, some days you do three times the average person's work and some days you do the average person's work. (laughs) Either way you win, right? Either way you win. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that statement. And so, you know, there's, there's pieces around that, but if we could... Um, support people to be able to tell us what's happening if mm-hmm. they're having some struggles, whether it's dealing with their own or sometimes people are dealing with family stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they, I know I've talked to people whose kids are feeling suicidal and they're mm-hmm. at work and they're trying to work and they're too scared to tell their boss that. Yeah, right? It's like, can we get to a place where we can go to our boss and say, hey, today's a little tougher. I'm dealing with this at home. Yeah. You know, can you cut me a little slack? And what I've seen is when employers are supportive of like that, you can't buy that loyalty, right? You can't That's pay right. enough for that That's loyalty. Right. Yeah. And I think loyalty is something people get stuck in anyway, but you're right. If you go the extra mile and show that you are also human, Yes. And you may also have human moments and experiences in your life and you extend that to your employees, then yeah, absolutely. Like we're developing some more leadership stuff, right, in terms of leaders being able to better support people in the workplace. And we've said to leaders, part of that is being human, right? Part of that is sharing that you're not always on your best form either and owning it, Mm -hmm. right? Not having to be this perfect person and I think maybe the pandemic helped a little because they saw everyone struggling a little but I I was reading a report about media staff this morning and and they're still as with other kind of groups they're still nervous to like say how it is Mm -hmm. and like if we don't automatically go into fixing, solving, saving mode mm-hmm. and we go, actually, let's just sit down and have a conversation about what's happening, mm-hmm. I think we've got a better shot at this. Wow. You know what? A lot of what you're talking about in the experience and the conversations that you're having with organizations remind me a lot of truth and reconciliation work. So mm-hmm. I did Indigenous awareness training from... 2015 to 2019 or 2020, something like that. And like one of the things that you said really stood out to me, we've made some things acceptable, but not others. And like, that's, that's how I feel a lot is happening with uh, sexual identities, with racism and racial identities and like clearly mental health issues. It's the strongest thing for me. Nothing about us without us. Whatever group we talk about. Yes, yes. Whatever it is. Go to the people who 
are living through it, dealing with it and talk to them because you can only be an expert on yourself, mm-hmm. right? And what you're going through. And I, I think what one of my favourite, favourite experiences in the world is, you know, as an Australian, we have crap history with Indigenous people. We're just awful. And I moved to New Zealand, which you know, still has issues, right? But I got to hang out with Māori and just be in these conversations. And I would never do a training without like someone with me who was Māori. And it truly was, we're doing this together. You've got your piece, I've got mine. And like, we have a shot at this together. But when Mm -hmm. we keep thinking we can tell people how it is or what it should look like, and I think that is one of the hard things. When I talk to employers, I'm like, talk to your employees. Mm-hmm. Find out what they need. I can give you some stuff, but they're the ones living through what yeah. they're living through. Yeah. Have you ever talked to them? That's a good question. Yeah. And it's often <laughs> the first thing that's skipped. No, we're not going to talk to them. We're going to ask someone else to talk to them. <laughs> it's here, here, let's... Uh, Let's write these reports about, I, I, you know, <laughs> what happened when I was living in Alaska. Let's write these reports about these Indigenous people. But let, let's not have them involved. Let's What? It's the same. It is the same with mental health, gender identity, you know, all, all of that. Like it's, it's just. Let's go and chat with people. It, people have said to me, oh, you know, we can tell the youth what they want. And I'm like, ask the youth because it looks different from what me at 57 wants. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm still young at heart, hopefully, but, you know. What do you think is a part of your story, like when you're sharing it, when you're talking to an audience that people are most shocked about? Mm that in the past I have attempted suicide and I still have those thoughts. And those thoughts aren't inherently awful. I think lots of people have them. That doesn't mean we're all going to act on them. And I think, so I think the shocking piece is that I have bipolar disorder, that sometimes I have what people might call psychosis, like I colours come at me um I I gave a talk once where I was working in uh, the oil and gas industry on site and I gave this talk about mental health and at the end I told them the whole time their orange safety vests were like coming at me as if you know in those cartoons yeah when colors are screaming it and they're like we didn't even notice and I'm like yeah because I know how to experience it and still be with you. Wow. So I think it's those things. People think you have to not have symptoms or have controlled it all. Or sometimes it's just about, hey, I've worked out how to live with that. Yes, I still have thoughts about killing myself sometimes. And I know what to do for myself when I have them. How did you figure that out? How did I figure that out? I chatted with friends. I said, look, I want to I wanna work out how to manage this. I don't want to take meds because I feel super dull. But I guess I chatted with people and said, what does it look like when the wheels start falling off? 
And I started to think about what could I do instead. So sometimes I talk in half sentences and people like, oh, you know, that means you're getting a little like excitable. And so I know when it gets to that, I just go and take myself to a quiet space for a while. Or, you know, there are times now, truth, where it's super hard to get out of bed. And I go, okay, you can stay in bed this morning, you know, and you can get up like this afternoon or I have people I'm like, cool. So Mm -hmm. it really was taking a look and not being afraid to look. Wow. Good for you. Because Um, that, that takes courage. And I mean, I can't speak from experience, but like, there's a lot of people that struggle with that. And you're right. Nobody's talking about it. And I'm really thankful for this conversation right now. One of my next questions is like, for those who are listening to you again in the audience, and they've never told anyone that they have suicidal thoughts, what's your advice to them without even knowing that they're, they're waiting to hear it? I think my advice to people is if we can start talking about it in terms of, hey, like I have had these thoughts, that doesn't mean I'm going to act on it right now, but I want to start sharing that sometimes I feel overwhelmed with the situation I'm in and I just I want to change the situation. Like the thing I always teach about talking with someone who talks about suicide, my first question is always, is it that you want to be done and dusted and nothing more or is it that you really just you want the situation right now to stop because there's something about it that doesn't feel great or feels hard or you're in pain like what is it and nine times out of ten people will say I'm dealing with this and I've just had enough. I don't know how to get through it. I don't know where to go. And that opens up a conversation because I have a conversation about how does it feel, right? And I I think for me one of the things is we get scared when people say the suicide word. I talk about it as the S word, suicide or self-harm. People get scared. And they think, oh, my God, I have to react. I have to call the police. I have to do this. I have to do that. And sometimes we can really just be in a conversation with someone and say, what's happening that has it feel that way? Mm. Wow. So I think if we can get that there's a lot of people that feel that way and don't talk about it because they're finding what they're going through tough. So for those of you out there who may experience that, like, like reach out. You've got my email. Oh, my God, I didn't say that, did I, loudly? Um, but there, <laughs> there are, like, there are services around. Like, look at some of the suicide hotlines, look at some of those places and call and have a chat. And hopefully people don't automatically go over the top and like, oh, we have to call someone on you. But they actually hear what you're experiencing. Because for me, when I get to express whatever pain I'm in or what I'm dealing with, Mm -hmm. that feeling changes. I don't feel like I want to kill myself anymore. I feel heard and valued for who I am and what I'm going through. Wow. That's such an important message. Thank you so much. This was really good. I just think about different people in my family and different experiences that I've had. And like you said, the S word, like that's come up in my life. Several times when I was young, I had aunts and uncles who committed suicide. 
So as a child, I grew up knowing, knowing what that was and knowing that like it's possible and it's easy and people do it. Right. So as an adult, having people in my life who have talked about that, I panicked and I, I even took fucking training in it like years ago, but still like the only thing I remembered from the training, I was working in restorative justice. So doing, I don't remember the name of the actual training, Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that I remembered was to ask, do you have a plan? And that's all I remembered. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's true, right? Often we're taught, do you have a plan? Do you have the means? Like, I don't ever, personally, I don't ever ask that. And so I want to say, whatever you do, do what you feel comfortable with. If you feel like you have to get help for someone, get help. You've got to be able to live with your decision right? Whatever that is. For me, I just love saying to someone, what's happening that has you feel like that? Can we, would it be okay just to have a conversation? And, you know, I'm not going to go into overreact mode. I just want to hear what's, can we talk? Wow. And like many people who've experienced it have said, we just want someone to hear us and validate how we're feeling. There's a zero suicide website and it has a document called The Way Forward and it was written by people who've attempted suicide in the past and it basically says, just be there with me. And there's a great YouTube video. Kevin Hines is a guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived. Mm -hmm. And he talks about he was on the bus going to the Golden Gate Bridge And all he wanted was for someone to ask him what was happening and how he was. Oh, my God. And it probably would have made the difference. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm not saying that's every single case, but I am saying if we can sit in our own discomfort at times, because it's our discomfort that stops the conversation, not the other person's. Yeah. But if we can sit in our just discomfort, and be willing to have a conversation with that person and find out what's happening for them, I think that makes a huge difference. And it's it's horrible, right? We think about it, Indigenous communities, um, LGBTQ2 plus youth, huge rates of suicide. And I'm like, there's so much stigma and discrimination and, like, we forget just to be in a conversation. And I, you know, and hear people's pain and validate what they're going through without judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. One of the things that I talk about in my coaching and I've talked about on Instagram before is how important and valuable it is for each of us to share our stories when we're strong enough to do that, because it does validate for others. It does give people permission to also right? Like there will be something as simple as I did a reel a few weeks ago about how I'm not making slides for my presentation. Like people, whenever I'm going to do a presentation, people ask me, I got like 130 likes, which is a lot of likes for me. I never get that many likes, but the whole thing about it, the whole concept is no one's coming for the slides. They're coming to hear you speak. Right. Yeah. So don't, if you don't yeah. like doing slides, don't make the fucking slides. And, th- and I'm at the point where it's like, <laughs> I'm not making fucking slides. Like I take three days and then I, whatever. Right. But the point is people are just like, yeah, she's right. I don't want to make slides. 
And that's what it is for everything else. When someone steps up to say, Hey, my message, right. I haven't always been a confident person. Mm -hmm. Another message might be, Hey, I'm dealing with mental health issues. And when one person does it, you allow others around you to also share and to validate and to give themselves permission to say, you know what, that person online, as an example, you know, is really talking about how they're dealing with these issues. And I feel like I want to talk about it. And I think it's powerful. It's huge, right? Because so many people think they're the only person dealing with whatever it is. And the more we can talk and share, the more people get, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. There are other people that feel like this. And maybe they reach out to someone in Instagram land or, or wherever and have a conversation that they didn't know they could have. And so that's the beauty of sharing is that people see that. And I, I mean, I know I I spoke at a conference, obviously, before COVID a few years ago in person, there were 600 people there. And I said, yeah, I was sitting on a couch thinking about killing myself. And I went, oh, I'm in the wrong body. This body doesn't feel like it's me. That's part of what I've been dealing with forever. So I threw out all my clothes, apart from bras, you know, don't make a good man bra, but I threw them all out and I bought clothes that fit me and I went, yeah, I'm a straight guy in this body. I'm not going to change this. I don't talk about myself as transgender. I go, yeah, I'm a hybrid. (laughs) A guy's brain in here in this body that was socialised as a woman, I don't have to label it as any of the labels that are going around these days. But I realized that I wasn't being true to me. And that was my truth. And then all these people came up afterwards and said, we don't have the same issue, but our truth is. And I went, isn't it cool when we actually listen to our inner self and let our truth out? Wow, that's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I think that's the piece you talked about. When one person shares something, it may not be the same thing that someone else resonates with, but they get the courage to look at what it is for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be me, whatever that is. I'm not going to conform. That's why I'm the chief (laughs) nonconformist. I love it. Live your truth. Thank you so much, Robin, for being on here at the Robin Priest on Instagram, robinpriest.com. Anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Um, look, we can spend all our time worrying about what everyone else thinks, but the reality is everyone else is worrying about what everyone else thinks. So just be you. Holy shit. Mic drop. That was good. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01. Because if you found this helpful, 
Your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.